I'm your host, Matt Bergman, and welcome to From the Hawk's Nest. My guest today is Dr. Barb Schleppenbach, Associate Professor of Communication. And Barb graduated from Quincy College back in 1971 and earned her doctorate in British and American Literature from Stanford University. She has served as a member of the Faculty and Administration of QU since 1975. And in today's episode, Dr. Barb is going to share with us her road to QU and talk about progress of our Title III program on campus. So, Dr. Barb, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, it's a pleasure. I enjoy listening to this, so it's fun to record one with you. Well, we appreciate you taking the time. And, you know, let's start many years ago when (laughs) you you made a choice to come to QU to get your undergraduate degree. Why did you choose to stay close to home and come to QU? Well, you know, you've probably heard this from a lot of people, and I've heard it from students and students other places, that the school in your hometown is hiding in plain sight. You don't think of it first. You tend to think of schools anywhere else, that that's what's going to, going to college. It couldn't possibly be right in front of your nose. But when I was in high school, uh, Mr. Fitzgerald, the, uh, the lion of our drama department, the founder, uh, you know, the unforgettable man who uh, did it all and also knew a thing or two about publicity, uh, invited the students in honors English, uh, just a very limited invitation to come to campus and attend a presentation and hear his curtain talk. And I remember feeling very special when he told us we were among the privileged few. And yet it turned out he was right. The production was Hamlet. The students were incredible. I mean, I've seen a few kids doing productions since that time. I've been very lucky in life to get to go to the different Stafford. This one held up really well over the years. Pete was, was really an excellent director. But the most important thing was he pointed out to me what I should have known, that there was excellence in my hometown. And so after that, I dug deeper, met more people, uh, was able to sit in on classes, at QU, and I realized I couldn't have a world-class education in my hometown. I got to test that theory when I went to graduate school because I can tell you, I expected, you know, people who maybe went to bigger places, more famous places, possibly they would have stronger preparation than I did. But they didn't. (laughs) QU prepared me very well for everything. And so I'm really glad that uh, Mr. Fitzgerald made the effort to reach out and, and realize that it wouldn't be obvious to us just how good QU is. You know, it's amazing how sometimes it just takes one person to uh, share like that and uh, can change the trajectory of your life. So, very interesting. So, after you graduated and got that um, doctorate degree, degree, you ended up uh, coming back to your alma mater to teach. Uh, how, did you, how did that happen? Well, it's, it's one of those things that I, I never really dreamed could happen. I was finishing up. I hadn't written my dissertation yet, but I was finishing up research. Uh, kind of a pit stop at home after coming back. I had the good fortune to get to do research overseas. Uh, came home, and I essentially was planning to do laundry and, and go back to the West Coast. Right. And uh, earlier, I had just sort of in passing one of my uh, very, very dear teachers from undergrad, Mr. Pearson, and said, you know, we might have one class here in the fall, and I have an extra class 
would you be willing and interested in teaching it? And, of course, I said yes, thinking that would probably never happen. <laughs> well, I got off the plane, and he essentially met me at the plane, and he had three classes with three people in them, about a week before class was going to start. And uh, he said, really, seriously, will you do this? And uh, I remember sitting in his office, he had you know, several shelves of books. He said, pick one you think you can live with for a semester. <laughs> Teach his classes for me. I'm like, okay. Um, yeah, it was really jumping off a cliff, you know, into the, the deep end of the ocean. But it turned out to be just the most wonderful experience. I obviously was learning something new every day, but the most important thing I was learning was how wonderful QU students were. Having been on the other side of that, uh, I should have known what they were great people to go to school with, and they were great people to teach. It was a wonderful experience, and I realized, this is the kind of teaching I want to do. I, I love teaching writing. I love teaching people and the key word of, of, of a lot of individuals who have something to bring to that classroom. I want to be in a situation where I'm learning all the time. So, yeah, uh, Ridley let me through the door, and I never left. It, it um, was wonderfully fortuitous, and I'm so glad that I had the, the courage to go ahead and do it because it really paid off. Well, we're glad too, and because uh, you've certainly made a difference in all these years. But QU was a little bit more for you than just a place to work. You met your husband John here, and um, you know, basically raised your kids here. Uh, how did you meet uh, Dr. John, and what was it like working together for all the years? Well, you know, those students had something to do with that. At that time, he was on leave from teaching to open uh, what was known as the Learning Skills Center was an academic support center that's the forerunner to our student success center today. And it was uh, something that he believed in very strongly. He had some experience from graduate school in doing that, that every student can need help sometimes. Every student can get help sometimes. And uh, it's a really wonderful concept because you do have students who are perhaps first-generation students, students who haven't been thinking all their lives that they're going to go to school. And they just need a little extra support, uh, particularly in the early going. And so as a freshman composition teacher, I was a big part of that. I had students with such a range of experiences. And so, uh, in, you know, as a, a good teacher, I didn't just send them to the learning center. I walked with them to the learning center, uh, which is how that's done. Uh, because he was also very good at bridging that gap. He met people when they came in. He interviewed them, and he talked with them about their strengths, not just the reasons that they thought they needed help. Uh, I really got to see that he was one of the nicest, most dedicated people in the world and somebody that I really liked spending time with because he really cared about students. And since I really cared about students, I thought, well, we will be a good fit. Now, on the downside, it is tough to work with someone that, that you ought to live with. He had, his family had had a family business, but he knew that better than anyone. And I, I didn't ever really think that would be a comfortable thing to do. But again, when you're teaching, your, your days are full, your lives are very separate, uh, and you can't talk about students. Like you, your relationship with a student is privileged and private, and we made a very, you know, built a strong firewall about not talking about our students, certainly never being tempted to, because it's important to uh, to keep those lives separate. But that said, you really understand the pressures on the other person. You have some 
empathy for the fact that teaching is, you know, the kind of job you can't put down. It, 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 if you really, you know, if you care about people, you can't turn that off. And so uh, it you know, moves into your, your evenings, your weekends, your holidays. And somebody who didn't do it just might not understand exactly why it takes up that importance in your life. Also, you know, he was very good for me because he was the type of person to kind of push me off the cliff into the deep end. When I thought, mm, I don't know if I can do this, and at GU, I had many opportunities to do various jobs, and I would always hesitate and think, am I really the best person to do this? Can I really manage this? And he would tend to be the person who said, sure you can, sure you can. You're going to kick yourself if you don't. And uh, he like believed in, in me and in QU, and uh, that was really important. Sometimes you just need that person who understands better than you do where you're going. So we had a, had a delightful time. Uh, it was a, you know, a great place for both of us to grow, and I now see that it, you know, it, it definitely had to be. Absolutely. Um, and and uh, speaking as a former student, I can uh, attest to uh, everything you just said. So, well, thank you. This next question might be a little hard, um, but what is your favorite memory of QU? I'm sure there's many. That's, that is exactly the problem. I was thinking, at the, I, I, I thought about this, and then I said, no, and you know, about 40 times, because you're right. In teaching, you get a lot of great memories. I always tell my students that every commencement is like Christmas to me, and I remember them all. You know, when you, when you see that, those moments of people who in four years have accomplished so much, changed so much. My own commencement, all thinking back to that, all of the college for kids commencements, uh, which you remember, those, each one of those, you spend two weeks with, with people and see how much they can do, how much you can do together. It's, those are all so memorable. Um, the grants, the HLC, self-study, wow, I just have all these, these five points of the combination of accomplishments that you could only manage if you're working as part of the great team. That said, okay, this, this moment is when that kind of captures it all, and it's just when uh, John and I were married in the TV chapel, and we were married on January 8th, and so it was between semesters, which of course is, is a very strategic thing to do. Uh, but we, we planned for a, a holiday wedding, and uh, we had mentioned to the students that Hey, if you're in town, which of course, what, what smart student be in town over the holiday? But if you're in town, uh, you're totally welcome. And we were so surprised when we walked in that town that in the choir, some of them, those who could sing, were, were singing. Uh, others were out in the lobby. So many of them had come back to campus to have a celebrate. And that's kind of when I knew that no matter how much I gave, I would always do that more. I would always be surprised by how much people would outdo any generosity that I had. It kind of brings it all together for me when I think of that moment. It's sort of unique and it kind of stands in for all the rest. What is it that you love about Quincy University? Well, you know, Quincy University is the kind of place where that kind of thing can happen. and it's, it is, it's just so corny to say, people will think, well, that's obvious, but when I'm thinking about it, it's not obvious. And that is the Franciscan spirit, for all that we talk about it almost automatically, it's real. It's, it's not a slogan. 
Uh, it's, it's not just something that has to do with what Father Rogers called, you know, the bird bath. Uh, Francis is a challenging guy. He's telling you that you've got to be able to find God in everything. I mean, everybody. So you have to respect everyone. And that sounds good. <laughs> you know, can't argue with it. But to really in practice give everyone that benefit of the doubt, be open to what they have to offer. It's, it's meant to be challenging. And the Franciscans really, really did it. And they really set by for all the rest of us who, who want to, to follow in their footsteps. That also means that we're a very diverse place to work and place to accomplish things. So not, by no means is everyone on our team Catholic. Uh, certainly not all were lucky as I was to grow up in the Franciscan tradition. They bring many different traditions to you, but they're all Franciscan in a way. Franciscan is, is not certainly limited to Catholic, but when they get to see you and they see what it means, then they really, they fall in love with it and they bring their own tradition to be part of it. And, you know, she is a great place to keep the inner mind because, you know, in, in Franciscanism, we're forgiving of each other, that we all are on our way. We all are going to keep making space to keep learning. We're, we're free to do that. And the other thing which you just referred to is that you, know, you get to know people in different contexts. Someone who is your student at one point, if you're really lucky, that person may come back and be another person that you as part of the team. And then you get to learn about them in so many different ways. That's a privilege that I think most people don't get in their workplace and certainly not in the place that they went to school. So it's kind of magical, and I think our students gradually realize that in four years. That uh, many of them are like, "Oh my gosh, this went by so fast!" And can you figure out where somebody stayed longer? <laughs> but many of them come back to us, and that is wonderful. Magical. I, I like that, and I would agree. Well, let's take a brief break, and when we come back, we'll talk with Dr. Barb about the Title III grant. Stay with us. You're listening to From the Hawk's Nest. Kathy Lathrop is a firm believer in personal development and always dreamed of completing a bachelor's degree. The St. Clair Professional Studies Program at Quincy University provided a way for Taffy to complete her degree while working full-time. To continue on your road to success, visit quincy.edu today. And welcome back to From the Hawk's Nest. I'm Matt Bergman, and today we're talking with Dr. Barb Schleppenbach, QU legendary professor. And Barb, (laughs) (laughs) it's hard to believe that uh, we're already halfway through our five-year Title III grant. Can you kind of just maybe let's start from the beginning and and tell people out there what is a Title III grant and, and why is it so important to QU? Title III grants are really most sought-after grants that are available among the, in the federal grant system, uh, they, are, they enable schools to stretch beyond what some of the top programs are currently able to offer. They give you a chance to uh, aspire to, for instance, put in something new that I mean, a big investment you wouldn't otherwise 
be able to manage. So uh, $2.25 million that we received over a five-year period for this one. Uh, we've had one in the past that enabled us to put in all of our uh, smart classrooms. Uh, at the time, we could not imagine how we could do that. And now, of course, every school, they're absolutely essential to uh, the way we teach. Uh, similarly, uh, with this one, this particular grant enabled us to move into new areas that are very much in demand, but that have some, some costs in terms of infrastructure and in terms of hiring specialists to uh, run these programs that we could not have budgeted for. So they are really designed to strengthen an institution, that's, that is the name of the program. Uh, you need to be at an institution that is already doing well. It's an, a very a, a credit to everyone at TV that we got this one because you have to already be a successful institution. Uh, but then in this unhappy institution that serves a number of students who, for whom education is not always within reach. So we as a Franciscan institution definitely fit that description. But when you get one, we have five years to put in place some things that are new and that will then be beneficial to you for many years afterwards. So it has been exciting. And you're right, Matt. Uh, when you started, you think, wow, five years, that's a long time. Now it's two and a half, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> we don't have much longer on this grant. We uh, are, are gonna, we're getting things done, and we're going to be able to wrap up something very good about what we get. Can you maybe tell the listeners a little bit about the different projects that we're doing in the grant? So we basically have four areas of focus in the grant. Uh, each one is, has to do with, uh, basically this one is focused quite a bit on STEM learning. Its title is Expanding Student Access to STEM. That's important because many times uh, you have to be a larger institution to uh, afford to venture into the science, technology, engineering, and math area. But that is where there is a lot of demand for careers, including in our area. So we have four areas of focus. One is cybersecurity. Uh, anyone who is alive and awake knows that cybersecurity is a huge problem and that there are many, many jobs uh, in trying to maintain cybersecurity and many well-paying jobs. So that is one program in which we're now able to offer an undergraduate degree to also strengthen our computer science program that is uh, sort of partnered to cybersecurity. In addition, we'll be starting a business analytics major. Again, although this is business, it's harnessing the power of technology to help people in business use big data, which is increasingly important to help strengthen uh, the careers that they already have in marketing, finance, and, and uh, and management. So adding a dimension to our already very successful business program. Undergraduate research, again, a very successful program. Uh, we have a number of, of medical pre-health uh, pre careers programs, but to strengthen those, we needed a really good lab and a strong program getting students involved in first-hand research, not just replicating in the lab research that in the textbook, but doing original research. That's a difference maker nowadays for students who want to go on for advanced work. And then to support all of them, a math success program that uh, enables students to venture into those areas. Uh, math is, is something that we all need, probably more than we thought we did when we were in school. And particularly in those areas, sometimes people don't take as many advanced math classes in high school 
but they discovered, oh, I'm really interested in an area that needs a lot of math. So do they have to put their games on hold or, or give up on them? They don't. They, we are there to give them the support that will allow them to, to have those dream majors and dream careers. Also, any student who comes to school and wants to study uh, math in a fresh way that helps them find it that makes more sense to them. Um, math is such a really important area. And so that's our fourth area, and the others are all kind of intertwined with it. Right now we have four coordinators who are working with those programs and uh, building curriculum, uh, offering courses. And then in addition, we have three centers developed. We have an undergraduate research lab on the North Campus. We have a cybersecurity lab. Uh, we have a math success lab. And finally, we are in the process of putting together our business analytics lab, which will be ready for classes by next fall. So a lot of impact. And uh, one thing we just wish is that we could show it all off to people who haven't been able to come to campus to see it in person. So I hope that soon that will be happening. But we sure have a lot of interest from students. And uh, even though we're not able to, to invite them to a traditional sort of open house, they are, are really getting to talk with the professors, getting to know us, and we're seeing that response that we hope for. So many exciting things, really, in this Title III grant, and, and I think strengthening institutions says it all. I mean, it's it's really helping to move QU forward to that next level, and we can offer those uh, career-focused degrees and just new opportunities for students. Well, we're excited about it because it's something that was, it was, when we were doing the research about what, what area we wanted to pursue in uh, designing the grant proposal, we had a lot of support from the community uh, helping us to focus in on these majors, a lot of interest in preparing students for these jobs because there are students in the Pinty area. We, we want to keep them in the area. We want them to be able to do what I did, go to school in the area, even if what they want to do involves a lot of technology. And then uh, employers are hoping that they'll want to stay to keep them living in the community in these careers because that's very important to a thriving community where our young people can come full circle. And so that, that gives us a special satisfaction because as you know, Matt, you know, Quincy College, Quincy University has been Quincy University for all these years. Uh, we, we've been really part of what made Quincy a great place to live, what's made it a thriving community. Our students may come here from all over the world now, but many of them are, you know, they, they, maybe Quincy's a dot in the map to them when they first get here, but by the time they've been there, they want to be able to stay, and we want to be able to, to help them have careers that will let them do that. And that happens way more than everybody thinks. You know, people uh, oh my come here and stay here, and we're, we're just such a net importer of talent for our community that um, it's, it's, it's so awesome to see that. It absolutely is, and that's such a tradition that, that we think the Title III grant will help us to continue because it's, uh, again, it takes the school that already does many things well but gives you that extra infusion of, of the funding to do something that could be out of reach without that. And it helps us to better fulfill where our mission has always been. So that that's really a pleasure to see that happen. And again, wonderful to be working with the, the talent that I get to work with every day. And a lot of people at TV are contributing to the success of the grant, but being able to bring in some new folks uh, 
who are, are not part of the EU and are not part of the family, that has been great. We, uh, it, it's really, it, it has strengthened us in, in ways that we hadn't even expected. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing this one wrap up. We have, um, essentially now it's going to be continuing the ag courses, finishing that lab, uh, doing, you know, extending the undergraduate research program further. Uh, so that we basically reach the point where we're doing implementation and then it's going to be time to apply for another grant. <laughs> That's right. Get ready for that. Well, Dr. Barb, thank you so much for being our guest today and for your dedication to Quincy University and its students. Well, thank you. It was a wonderful opportunity, Matt. Have a great day. And be sure to tune in next time for another episode of From the Hawk's Nest where we talk to faculty, staff, friars, and alumni and hear their stories about what road they took uh, to QU and after QU. I'm Matt Bergman. It's always a great day to be a hawk.